Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton Hall. And I'm James Hancock. Great to be here with you, Rhonda. It's great to be here with you too. We are coming to you today from Gadigal Land, part of the Euro Nation here in Sydney. And we want to start with acknowledging and respecting elders past, present and emerging and pay our gratitude for their care of this land for thousands of years. We're going to do something a little bit different with the podcast. Now, we normally do three topics, but this week the news has just been so horrendous. So we normally do news, news, good news. Yeah. But this year, this week, we're sort of like wars and American elections and all sorts of stuff. Um, So we decided we'd do one piece of news, which is actually very interesting. Yep. Which is NDAs. Yep. And very relevant to the Aussie context, right? Very relevant. Yep. Hush agreements, as they're called. Yep. Second topic we want to talk about is with regard to some conversations we've been in. So not the news, but conversations we've been in where the outcomes are really clear. And then finally, we have some great news. Yeah, I like it. I think that's a good format. I think that's a good format too. And we get to decide, right? So Yeah, we, we can are. make it up. Here we go. And it's like <laughs> news to us about the conversations we've had. Because some of them were quite surprising, to be they honest. They were but, very surprising. Yeah. So let's, but before we get there, let's go yeah. to this NDA. So non-disclosure agreements known collectively as NDAs yep. or in their more friendly term or more common term, probably better, they're not very friendly. They're known as hush agreements mm. and we have long been outspoken advocates against them. Yep. Uh, the idea behind them is that they protect a person from embarrassment when something happens and and you can sever a relationship by signing one of these and you get some financial compensation for signing it. Yeah. But you never can speak about why you had to sign or what the story was that was yours to tell. Yeah, and I think we were talking about this just before, but there's a really practical element to these where as a young or middle-of-the-road, middle-of-career HR <laughs> professional, whatever you want to call that, um, you probably also hear them being called like deeds of release, a deed, sign something out of there. It's, that is it's pretty the, similar practically, right? It's very similar. Mm. And so there's a place for them. There's yeah. a place for them. When a relationship breaks down between an employer and employee mm. or something happens between two people and they want to sever that employment relationship, yep. that agreement to not disclose why that happened or how it happened, compensation if something happened, in agreement, yep. um, then fine. This is something you can voluntarily enter, enter into. Yep. That's not exactly how they used. No, it's not. How it's are they not. used or what have you seen? That's so, probably the way to put so it. <laughs> what you find is yep. that when you get a leader who is not capable of having good conversations around performance, uh, teamwork, whatever it happens to be, yes. what that person will do is they will just hum along and then sever a person's employment dramatically with yep. an NDA. Okay, so it covers poor performance and an inability to lead. Yep. And the other thing it does, which is much more serious, that one's annoying. This yep. one is actually much more serious, is it robs a person of their story. And so mm. what happens, you'll find a pattern of NDAs and they'll be around a leader that has mm. done the wrong thing by a number of people. Yep. And as a consequence, they're constantly signing non-disclosure agreements or more correctly, they're getting their legal department or the HR yep. team to sign them. Um, and they're severing a person's ability from their own story to tell people what happened. Yeah, and so the trauma involved in that is obviously not okay, which is why we've been long outspoken advocates against them being used that way. Yeah, so there can be big self protection of a leader on a pathway that's not actually doing things well from a human perspective, potentially. Absolutely, and when they're used like that, I think there's this really mm. fantastic quote that was in an article we read this week, mm. and it's from a century ago, yeah. so it's quite an old quote. But Lewis Brandeis, who went on, mm. would go on to become a U.S. Supreme Court justice, he coined a phrase. 
Mm -hmm. that sunlight is the best disinfectant. And so when you hide it in the cupboard, hide it under the carpet, sweep it under the carpet, whatever the expression is, what you're actually talking about is a lack of transparency to an incident or an issue that is prevalent. So you're seeing many, many times this is happening, we're going to put them all under the carpet and no one will ever know they happened. So Mm -hmm. each time they happen, because we can't see the previous event, because it's in non-disclosure agreement or locked up, hushed, um, we tend, oh, we have to investigate this individually, we have to start all over again. And, and we treat it as an instant investigation very yeah. legally. Yep. And what we've been long saying, and it's awesome to see mm-hmm. the conversation now moving there, is that that lack of transparency, that lack of call to account, that inability of a person to tell their story leads to both a very bad workplace but also quite a serious impact on the individual. Mm. And that concept of sunlight and kind of being out in the open, best disinfectant, great quote is because it's in the news to say in Australia we are going to legislate, we are going to expect that we that you are going to air them out in the sunlight from now on. That's exactly right. And yep. the expression is inside the Respect at Work Act, which is now yep. a bill and coming through. Yep. And secrecy is now regarded quite badly, is the quote mm. from Kate Jenkins, the Human Rights Commissioner for Gender. And uh, I think that's exactly what we're talking about now. Behind the scenes, and James, you do a lot of this work and mm. very conscious of that, when we're looking at human capital data, Yeah. Uh, non-disclosure agreements or prevalence of them, not not the ones that are used properly. We respect the right when they're used appropriately. Mm -hmm. When they're not is actually one of the things that we look for when we're looking for bullies or we're looking for harassers. We say, how many of these have you used to cover bullying? How many of these have you used to cover sexual harassment? And that pattern is usually a very good indicator that you're looking at a bad person. Yeah, exactly. You're looking, I think you've pattern of behavior is exactly what you said all the way through that's what you're looking for you're looking for what's what's normal is that normal right is it right in the org is it right in the industry sort of how does it look and why is it used as again maybe a correct incorrect or maybe incorrect thing how often is that used what's the pattern is it is there an anomaly there how does that look so you're kind of like playing detective a bit on right wrong and then a bit of judgment um of yeah. appropriateness, yeah. but calling that out at least. And it may well be very appropriate, but it's seeing what, what on earth is going on. So normal, a normal organisation, say yep. an organisation has got 1,000 people, yep. you would expect during the course of an annual year, or annual year as yep. opposed to another <laughs> yeah. annual year. Opposed to a financial year, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> annual year. yeah. You'd expect there to be a couple of those. Maybe there's three. Yeah, Maybe exactly. four. Yep. But when you see 10 Exactly. And on your executive team of 12, all those 10 are under one or two leaders. Yeah, that's you've right. You've probably got a problem. Yeah, you start looking at that a little more closely, I'd say. You do. And I think that the fact that this is going to now get some sunlight on is probably really helpful, but people do need to understand what that mm. means because it could be hush yep. if people haven't had to have that sunlight on them for a long time. I agree. What about, so when people are listening into us, they're in a variety of roles, they're in people and culture roles, they're in senior leadership roles, they're an employee starting their career. They could be anywhere in the in the workforce mix. If you're an employee and this comes to you, like, hey, sign this, what would you be thinking about? What's your sort of advice to them? Obviously, it's quite situational. Um, mm. Any of these would be. What What would you be getting them to think about? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good question. That's so context and specific yeah. about each of the areas. But if you're talking to someone who their employment relationship is breaking up, they don't get on yeah. with people, whatever it happens to be, they can't do their job, the performance is not where it needs to be, things have changed, yeah. whatever it is. Um, you shouldn't really need a non-disclosure agreement for that. That's just breaking up and that's okay. Yeah. 
Um, Where you need it is when there's something much more sinister. A person's quite vulnerable and this is how they choose to quieten the noise and hold their story silently, okay? But when they're using it to say, uh, we don't want you to tell anybody about what happened to you, and by the way, here's some money to stay very quiet, that's when you've got the, ooh, lots of red flags. Yeah. And probably an issue. Yeah, got it. Okay, that makes good sense. And I guess that sort of applies for HR, people and culture professionals and leaders as well is sort of be questioning why you're thinking about them at all, I guess. Why are you doing it at all and why yeah. are you afraid of that person holding their story? They, they yeah. need to hold their story. It's theirs to tell. Yeah. And I think um, that's really important. Yeah. I think that is really important. So if you're, if you're inside an organisation, I'd be looking at quantum yeah. number. Yeah, I agree. Uh, patterns, are they all under one or two people? Mm-hmm. They've probably got a problem with their leadership and ability to do that job well, or they're a bully or harasser. Yeah. Neither of those are good things. And, um, yeah, I think it's a good news story that we're starting to really challenge them yep. and only use them when they're absolutely appropriate and in the right place. Yeah, not a bad thing at all. Topic two. Now, we're going to do news. Yeah. But let's move to topic two now. Yeah. So... We're going to talk about a couple of conversations that we've been in. So mm. I'm going to kick this off. Sounds good. <laughs> this one is good. I know what you're going to talk about. I'm <laughs> sort of interested to hear it again. <laughs> I talk about when we make reasonable adjustments is the expression we use for people who are mm. coming in who have disability. And that expression's now been sort of extended to say every time we have someone in comes in and they want particular adjustments to their workplace. Yep. I heard the most hilarious story yesterday. It was just so well told by this beautiful woman who I I won't name because it's her story, as we just talked about, her story to tell. But she was talking about she was coming into a workplace and, oh, we're getting a person like her Mm -hmm. to come into our workplace. We probably need to turn the lights off. We need to turn the music off. We don't want to take phone calls. They had all Mm. these rules that they put in. So she gets to the workplace and she's there and she goes, gee, they sort of work in the dark Mm. and it's very quiet. Was she working in a prison? No. (laughs) Just checking because I think sunlight and exercise and stuff and it was It was pretty weird and she'd been there for a while and she's going, wow, this is really crazy, this sort of workplace. And then someone said to her, oh, yeah, it's because you came. We put all these rules in about lights and music and phone calls and everything else. And so they'd create all these strange adjustments that the person didn't want. Mm. And so um, from a conversations with Benian's general recommendation, we would say two things. Yeah. One is that every person who joins your team apply the word Sonder. Yeah. They are living a life as complicated and as important as yours or mine. So respect. Mm-hmm. Second part of that is ask. How yeah. do you like to work? How do we like to work? How do we want to do this together? And you'll find that most people are very, very simple in their needs and wants. um, And you can work out a really great way to work together. That's a conversation I was in. I love that one because I think, you know, reasonable sounds so, you think of like reasonable person test, whatever, and it's really hard. Like it feels very gray. Absolutely. The only way to get an answer is talk to the other person. Yeah. I don't know. It seems sort of simple, but I understand sort of that the intent of, um, getting a workplace ready for someone to enter is really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, so it's kind, I agree. Of, kind of cool, kind, kind of tricky. Cool. Second one we're in when something very bad happens. Mm. And I think this obligation to report an incident that's actually not just a bad workplace incident but a criminal issue yeah. is clear. Yeah. And so if that happens as a HR professional or a people and culture leader or a CEO or a board, yeah, um, you're accountable to report that to the police. And I think that that's extremely important to remember. I think it's really important to remember. And again, people listening may not could be a people and culture job, could be in a senior leadership job, might be new in the workplace or something. It's like if something happens, what are the guardrails and rules? I think, you know, more senior leaders get that there are 
director or their liability and everything else around that and what to do. But as more, um, as people and culture professionals, maybe you've never faced this before. Yeah. The rule book for this of what you know is gray, but actually the law is not that gray. It's like, here's a reportable incident. This is what you need to do. Yes. Yeah. Kind of black and white yeah. about what the steps you need to take. So we need to be mindful of that always. Yeah. I think that's really, really good. Uh, the other conversation we're in this week, which is really beautiful with the Addy Road community, the Addison Road community, when they were talking yeah. about the racism campaign that they have quietly been running. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome to see, or well, two, two sides to this, isn't it? Awesome to see that there's now been government funding of $7.5 million over the next four years okay. to the Human Rights Commission to develop a national strategy to tackle racism, promote racial equality in Australia. Yep. Awesome. The flip side of it is yeah. that... We shouldn't need it. No, we shouldn't need yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I was trying to think of the right words to say it. I'm like, we shouldn't we've, need a strategy, had, we, but... That's right, yeah. isn't it? That, that, the Racial Discrimination Act is from 1975, so it's been around for a very long time. Yeah. And I think we need to just be a whole lot better. But if $7.5 million can be well spent over the next four years to help us do better, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited too. So there were three random conversations we've been in. That, is, that is a great segue though. Because to our last topic. I know. Because basically <laughs> we went, it's great that there's great work in a space that needs great work. And that's my news story for this week. This is the uh, Article 23 podcast and also the Dylan Orcock <laughs> fan club. Um, it's a dual purpose podcast. He's, Dylan has got another doozy, I'm sure, with the help of many other people um, involved, has just um, launched out a uh, key piece of work, a key disability employment website um sharing his experiences lived experiences from when he was a lot younger all the way through to today um how hard it is to find a job what's considered reasonable or not reasonable the fact he rolled up in his wheelchair this is just from an article online mm. um rolled up in the wheelchair people saw that didn't know that on the way from looking at a resume and mm. went oh no our interview is going to be upstairs um so no not just we could move it downstairs yeah sort wow. of how he wrote it in his wow. usual um kind of funny but alarming way that we're still treating people yeah, like that. because stair climbing is not usually a job requirement. No, that's, yeah, it makes perfect. And we can work from anywhere in most e jobs. Exactly. And so got some government government funding too, a bit like the uh, one you spoke about, website out there launched in Parliament yesterday, I think, last couple of days. I'm yeah. um, excited to see that website. Go look at it, whoever you are. The field jobs. The, the field. I think it's thefield.com.au. It's not actually up yet, but it's been launched and kind of got out there i'm sure that it'll be out properly easy to search find all of that very soon but keep an eye out the field and if you're still on twitter mm -hmm. <laughs> twitter yeah its handle is at the field f-i-e-l-d jobs perfect it's good to see something good on twitter yeah it is, it is good to see something good on twitter so that's us for this week thank you so much for listening cool thank you big more from us big more from us 